0: We are continuing our journey through Genesis with our ancestors, our foremothers and forefathers in the faith, with all their failures and flaws and good hearts, their messiness, just like ours. And today we move from the next, into the next generation. We've been with Abraham and Sarah for weeks now, and now we move to Isaac, his wife Rebecca. And their children. Our reading is from Genesis 25. Isaac prayed to the Lord for his wife since she was unable to have children. The Lord was moved by his prayer and his wife Rebecca became pregnant. But the boys pushed against each other inside of her and she said, if this is what it's like, Why did it happen to me? Which I think every pregnant person asks at some point. So she went to ask the Lord, and the Lord said to her, Two nations are in your womb. Two different peoples will emerge from your body. One people will be stronger than the other. The older will serve the younger. When she reached the end of her pregnancy, She discovered she had twins. The first came out red all over, clothed with hair, and she named him Esau. Immediately afterward, his brother came out gripping Esau's heel, and she named him Jacob. Isaac was 60 years old when they were born. When the young men grew up, Esau became an outdoorsman who knew how to hunt, and Jacob became a quiet man who stayed at home. Isaac loved Esau because he enjoyed eating game, but Rebekah loved Jacob. Once when Jacob was boiling stew, Esau came in from the field hungry and said to Jacob, I'm starving. Let me devour some of this stew. That's why his name is Edom. Jacob said, sell me your birthright today. Esau said, since I'm going to die anyway, what good is my birthright to me? Jacob said, give me your word today. And he did. He sold his birthright to Jacob. For the wisdom of God in scripture, for the wisdom of God among us, The wisdom of God within us. Thanks be to God. Esau is the older brother. Maybe just by a few minutes, but the older brother. But God chooses Jacob, who is not the older brother. And there's very little about Jacob that's morally edifying, He's willing to trust in God's promises and he works hard, but he is also a liar and a manipulator and an extortionist. And yet, God chose him even before he was born in spite of the fact that he was the younger brother. God chose him in spite Of his serious lack of character, God chose him. A friend once told me about going to see a monk whom he deeply respected and was a little in awe of. He would hang on every word, this man said. So he asked him on this visit, what have you been thinking about? The monk said, I have been meditating On the deficiencies of God." The deficiencies of God, my friend asked. And he said, yes. God has a very poor memory, always forgetting our sins. And God is very bad at math, leaving the 99 for the 1. And God is bad at payroll, Paying those who only work an hour as much as those who work eight. God is wasteful, scattering seed no matter what kind of ground it is. And here's another deficiency of God God seems to have very poor judgment when picking teams. God chose Jacob, even though he was weaker, even though he was going to lie and cheat and steal his way through life, even though he was the younger son, and everyone knew it was the older son who was the chosen one. Always. Always hard for us, I think, to sense at a gut level how important this dynamic between older and younger sons was. It was the linchpin of society. It wasn't just some odd custom. It is what prevented warfare from breaking out every generation as property and power were handed on. It ensured that happened in an orderly peaceful way. Might be unfair, it's just how the world worked. It was as fundamental and obvious to them as our assumption that first come is first served, where the highest bidder wins at auction. It doesn't have to be that way. The hungriest could be served first. The person who gets there at the end and has gone the longest without a meal could get served first. The one with the least resources could win at auction. We make up these rules. They may or may not be fair. We take them for granted. First come, first served. Eldest brother inherits. Younger brother doesn't. It's just the way the world works. And then God comes, and God does what God does, and mucks things up. It would be one thing, If we could just dismiss this story as an outlier, but this seems to be God's habit. In the next generation, God chooses Joseph, another younger son and a fairly arrogant kid. And God chooses Moses, who is also a younger son and a murderer. And God chose an unmarried young woman living in poverty To bear love incarnate into the world. And God chose to appear as a helpless newborn who was a refugee before he was even two. This is apparently how God likes to work. In one paraphrase of the Bible, Paul put it this way. God deliberately chose people that the culture overlooks and exploits and abuses. Chooses the nobodies to expose the hollow pretensions of the somebodies. God loved Esau. I completely believe that. Love is not a zero-sum game. It always expands. God loved Esau, and Esau grew and prospered, and by all accounts, had a good life, and many descendants. God's love wasn't content to stop there, resting on the oldest, or the most upright, It turns pretty much everything upside down. When I'm picking players for kickball, I want the strongest players on my team first, and then the nicest, and then, you know, the kids who get left for last. Which, to be honest, that was actually me. I never got to pick teams. I was the kid on the sidelines. But we work so hard to be strong enough, good enough, worthy, to be loved. And love apparently isn't interested in strong enough or good enough. What if we looked at the world like that? What if we assumed that the most different had the most to teach? What if we assumed that the least educated or the least resourced or the least abled were the best for the job? The ones who have screwed up again and again and again. We're the ones we need to look to for guidance. And what if we looked at ourselves the same way God looked at Jacob? What if our places of weakness were actually places of strength? Even if we're not the best are the most perfect or most productive. Even if the world doesn't think we count, especially when we fail and fall short time and time again. God chooses us, blesses us, loves us. We were All, all created in God's image and chosen by God. Older brothers and younger sisters, convicted felon and prosecutor, migrant without papers, and beautiful, proud, queer youth. Every single one of us, those the world says are mighty and good, and those whom we consider expendable, all in God's economy, chosen, all loved, all needed, all God's children. Amen.